Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, the one, the only, my bestie, Janice Dean. Oh, that kind of rhymed. I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> but you bring out the cheese in me, JD, and you make everyone happy. And that's what we're here to talk about. She is our senior meteorologist at Fox News. She is the author of the best-selling New York Times bestseller, Mostly Sunny. She's got a brand new book out that I love, Make Your Own Sunshine. It releases on March 2nd. Janice Dean, welcome to Live in the Brain. Are you supposed to sing? You were going to sing my title just a few Being minutes meteorologist. ago. <laughs> You know, I got to throw in the Michael Jackson little 1980s <laughs> thing since we're both such 80s music fans and experts, I would add. Not oh, yes, we are. I mean, JD, you were a legit DJ in your last life and one of your previous lives. So you come by it naturally. It was one of my most favorite jobs of all time. Listen, I love my job at Fox. But when I go back and think of the craziness that went on as a classic rock DJ when I was in my early 20s, I mean, Wow. You have some amazing <laughs> pictures too, like with Steven Tyler and all kinds of like super fun um, stars of that time period and some still stars. Yep. It was a good time. I, you know, I sometimes find myself thinking about trajectories that could have happened had I gone, you know, mm -hmm. had I done something different with my life when I was back when I was spinning tunes. Mm -hmm. I do think about that too. I mean, I'm so happy and I'm sure you are too, where you end up like with your family and with your career and with the friends that you have and the things that come along the way, you just never know. It can be touch and go. We could be in jail right now. I'm not going to lie, both of us. And we've been on the, the verge of that. Some of the activities when we've been together, we could be in jail. So I'm not going to rule it out for the future, but so far it hasn't happened. Okay. Um, I love this concept of your new book because frankly, right now, after the last year that we've lived through and what we're continuing to live through, people need some good news. And you were so good at brightening things up. Tell us about the book, how this came together and what you hope people get from it. I've been doing something called the Dean's List on Fox News Radio for many years. It's a minute-long good news story that I put together on a daily basis, Monday through Friday on Fox News Radio. And I loved doing it, you know, just finding these amazing stories, usually about just one person doing something good for another and someone picks up on it, puts it on social media, it goes viral, and it gets the attention it deserves and some of them are very, you know, quiet and they don't mean to be picked up on social media, but they do. And for me, I've always thought that's kind of like making your own sunshine. You know, sometimes the skies are gray and you go outside and it, it's not a sunny day. But if you do something nice for someone else, that is sort of making, you know, making things brighter in someone's life or in your own life. So that's sort of where it came from because I started doing these Dean's lists. And then my wonderful editor, Eric Nelson, whom I know, you know, uh, <laughs> who's done a lot of books with Fox news personalities. Yep. He's a really great guy. He did mostly sunny with me, the memoir that was out two years ago. And we were having coffee one day, uh, 
year and a half Back ago. When we used to be able to have coffee and see I people. I know, exactly. And he said, you know what? You got another book in you. What, what can we talk about? And I told him about the Dean's List. And I said, you know, these stories are good news stories. And I only have a minute to talk about them. But there's so much more with some of these stories, like how they came about doing something good for someone else. And sometimes these stories have a ripple effect. So you buy a coffee for somebody in line and then the other person decides to do it for the person behind them and so on and so on. Yes. So sometimes these stories take on a life of their own and that's where I wanted it to go. I wanted each person to have a chapter. Um, I had some stories in mind that I kept over the, over the months that I was doing the Dean's list that I wanted to dive into. And that's how it, all came about. And I will tell you, I started writing it before the pandemic and finished it during the pandemic. And as you know, and I know a lot of our listeners and our viewers know, I, we went through a really dark time uh, this past year with my husband's parents passing away. And I will tell you, writing this book gave me hope and light in a very dark time. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other people who need that now. Um, whether they've lost someone like you all did, whether they've, they've lost a job or their business, or they're concerned about their children, watching them struggle, being in remote learning and having to worry about them falling behind. I mean, people have so many heavy things on them. So to be able to read these stories where people are reaching out and helping other people, such an encouraging thing. And I love the Dean's List. Whenever I hear your voice come on the radio, I'm like, this is going to be good. Like, I'm going to be happy when this is over. I'm going to hear something. You know, we've heard so many stories and tried to highlight them during the pandemic because people who didn't know their neighbors before started checking on them, started taking over Bates Goods, making contact-free drop-offs or getting their groceries or doing other things. So I feel like in one of the worst years, probably most of us remember in our lifetime, there really is room for light there and for encouragement and for people um, like you who've been through so much to use what you've been through to now help other people. Um, in the case of your in-laws passing away, both of them in New York, um, and also in putting this book together now to encourage people to speak for other people. Um, do you have a favorite story or two that kind of really resonate with you and you thought this would actually be something for a great chapter? All of them are so special. It's like picking your favorite child. Right. You can't do it, right? I begin the book with the story of Carrie Blazy, a mom who, whose daughter it has type 2 diabetes. And they, in the beginning of the pandemic, were very concerned with, um, you know, getting the virus or spreading the virus to their daughter. And so she put up a sign in front of her doorway letting people know that we're delivering packages or the mail that her daughter was immunocompromised mm-hmm. and to just leave the packages on the front and don't ring the doorbell for her to open the door and potentially expose her daughter. And so she put that sign on there saying, you know, we have a compromised member of our family. Please just drop the packages off and, you know, please don't ring the doorbell. Well, this kind FedEx driver that did not know that he was on one of those nest cameras oh, yeah. saw the sign went back to the FedEx truck, got s- sanitary wipes and wiped down the package, you oh. know, the whole package and it got smudged and he wrote on the package, uh, you know, something, th- something to the effect of I sanitized your package, you know, 
he was scared that he had smudged it. So that's mm-hmm. why he wrote on it saying that that's why it was smudged. She saw the video and was so touched by it that she decided to share it on social media. Her, mm-hmm. her husband said, you know, you need to share that story. And it was early on in the pandemic, just somebody going out of their way, a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. And so that story resonated probably because I am also compromised and I understand how somebody wants to be overprotective. But the fact that this man just did this out of the kindness of his heart and then to find out that he also had, you know, a preemie baby that had to be taken care of and and they had to, you know, make sure that the, the baby was well protected and wasn't, you know, exposed to viruses. So his experience gave him that reason to do that for Carrie and her family. And that's the chapter that I opened the story with. Mm -hmm. Um, And Carrie and I actually got to be very good friends because I did the interview during the pandemic after we had lost Sean's uh, family members. And afterwards, she would shoot me a text like, how are you doing today? Uh, And we became quite close. And she did something very kind for my family. She made sunshine for me when she got in touch with her brother-in-law, who was a magician doing zoom magic for kids. And she said to me, would your kids like to do 45 minutes on a, you know, on a zoom to watch Frankie do magic? Because I think that'll give you and your husband some time to just relax, have a glass of wine, while my brother, my brother-in-law does this for them. (laughs) So that's just, you know, that's a long story to tell you how this book really brought joy into my life and how these stories sort of were like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Um, So of course that story is near and dear to my heart um, because Carrie and I became such good friends, but there are also stories in there about, you know, this one woman And she's actually the last chapter in the book who goes on a tour of all 50 states in the U.S. to find strangers doing good things for others. And she did it because her mom got sick and died of cancer. But she remembers her mom always being one to say, you have to look for the good. Sometimes it doesn't present itself. You actually have to be open and open your eyes to finding that good. Mm -hmm. So that story was certainly one that impacted me as well. They're all beautiful, sunny stories. And the common thread I would say in this book is that many of the stories and the people that bring sunshine are the ones that have gone through very Mm -hmm. dark times themselves. Mm -hmm. Living the Bream continues in a moment. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. 
And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Again, we're talking to Janice Dean, star of everything and author of the brand new book, Make Your Own Sunshine. It is out March 2nd. It's full of positive stories about people doing good things. You're right. I mean, I find often when you've been through a really tough time, it does make you so much more tender and empathetic and with an open heart to other people who are suffering because you've been there and and that wound in many ways is still open for you. And I do find that doing things for other people really brings you some of your own sunshine. You're bringing it to them, but creating it in your own life as well, where you have wounds that need to be healed or puts your own needs, your own valleys in perspective. Um, I think about that now I've got, we've got a relative in our family who's going through a really tough cancer battle. So I think about no matter how bad my day is um, to send her flowers or a text or a note, like, man, nothing that has irritated me today is anywhere near what she's going through. And it does make us focus on other people and let go of our own complaints or grumblings, or in our case, I mean, people have real problems, Mm -hmm. Um, but to be able to even for a little bit of time, focus on someone else and what they're going through, um, I do think lightens everybody's load. Absolutely. Uh, And sometimes it only takes a text or Mm -hmm. a phone call to really turn a day around. And I think that is one of the most important lessons that we learn is you never know what someone is going through, right? Until you walk in their shoes. And sometimes that's all it takes is, is a good friend or someone, sometimes even a stranger to give you a smile um, so I know true. it's, I know it's hard these days with masks. I know you feel like, <laughs> hopefully they see my eyes crinkling up. Like I'm smiling at them. Like I'm trying yeah. to, you know, um, you just give them a little bit of encouragement, especially you see like a mom with a kid that's completely melting down at the grocery store or whatever, you know, Sheldon, my husband, and, and we're both married to saints. We have, we stipulate that Sean and Sheldon are both saints. We don't <laughs> yes, know what we, we are. did to I don't know. them, but we're really glad about it and very thankful. <clears throat> but Sheldon was at the grocery store um, a few days ago and he saw a lady who was older that she had fallen in the parking lot. And so he goes over to her and he's trying to get his mask on because he was going to wear it into the store. But he's now worried that he doesn't want to approach her and scare her because she doesn't have her mask on. But he knows that she needs help and she's lying there in the in the parking lot. And so he says, are you OK if I approach you, you know, to help you up? So he helps her up and um, he's like, do you want to help? Do you want me to help you get back into your car? And there was another lady who came over and started helping. And she's like, no, you picked me up. I want to go to the grocery store and I think I'm going to be good now. I mean, she was just like, thank you for stepping in, even with the mask confusion and everything else. Um, I just want to, I just want to be able to go and do something for myself. And he was like, should I wait here for you? Can I take your grocery list? Like, I just find that people, even though they're all struggling, are just more tenderhearted about reaching out to each other right now, despite some of our limitations with the masks and everything else, wanting to keep people safe. But I wanted to talk too um, about all of the things that you've been involved with over the last year. Your family obviously going through an immense amount of grief. I mean, even to lose one person we love is crushing, but two, and so quickly, 
I can't imagine what you all have been through. And I know it's been really tough, but the fact that you've used that to now turn around and call out people and ask for responsibility has gotten a lot of attention. And I know in the beginning, you were a little bit hesitant. I don't know if I'm going to speak out. I don't know if this is good for Sean or for me or the boys, but now there are so many families who can point to you and say, I may not have gotten any answers and there's still a lot we don't have, but I wouldn't have gotten them if Janice did not step up and really use her public platform to demand that we know what happened with our loved ones. Um, where are we in that process? I know that there are ongoing investigations. Are you hopeful? And we have gotten a lot of information, I think, in great part because of what you've done. Are you hopeful we'll get more answers, you and other families? I hope so, Shannon. Um, I was surprised uh, when we got the AG report that were what was released about the nursing homes and the fact that um, Letitia James, who is a Democrat, um, decided to take it upon herself to do her own investigation into the nursing homes in New York and reported our worst fears that came true that our governor was not giving us uh, the total number of seniors that died in nursing homes, uh, not only in nursing homes, but also in the hospital. And those numbers have since gone up since then. Um, mm -hmm. And we're up to, I think, close to 15,000. Whereas, you know, just a month ago, the governor was still talking about, uh, you know, 6,000, 7,000. So those numbers have gone up exponentially. We knew that was going to happen. We didn't know that those numbers were going to get released because he has continued his blame game and his denial game um, and uh, the cover-up, uh, essentially, that he's been doing over the past few months. So while I am grateful that we do have some clarity, I feel that we don't have the investigation that I think families deserve. They need a, a full investigation, top to bottom. Why was there an order placed by our governor for 46 days to put infected patients into nursing homes? They were sitting ducks. We didn't know he was doing it. And it was too late after the damage was done when we finally found out what had happened in New York nursing homes. So I think there's more work to be done. I wish I could say to you that I feel confident that that's going to happen, but at least the door is open. And I think that more people now really see this governor and what he's done over the last 10 to 12 months, uh, not only to you know families, but really to the state that he represents. Well, and it seems like many in the media have been fawning over him for a year. We love your daily briefings. You're going to win an Emmy. Um, questions about his dating life, flirting with him. I mean, that kind of thing. I really don't think without you continually hammering, hammering away on this, that they would have started asking any real questions. And there are some of them who still don't seem to be asking the questions. Um, would it be helpful to you, to other families, to hear him say, I'm sorry, take some responsibility. I mean, Nothing is going to bring back your beloved in-laws, but what would be helpful at this point? An investigation. And I wish I could tell you that I had faith that this governor could do something like that, but he, he can't. Uh, just last week, he was, he was questioned about the nursing homes and the AG report. And instead of using it as a moment to bring us together, he instead said, who cares? Who cares if they died in the hospital mm -hmm. or the nursing home? Who cares? They died. You know, he just, I don't think knows how to be empathetic or he just at this point will never apologize. Had he done it in the beginning, Shannon, and said, 
I made a terrible mistake. I was getting bad information. I wanted to make sure that the hospitals had enough beds. I thought that the nursing homes were equipped to take more patients. I apologize. I'm so sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. Had he done that, we would have accepted that, but he didn't. And all it did was shine a light on his cover up and, you know, the possibility for something criminal. You know, I, I really, truly believe that there is the possibility that this governor may have done something criminal. Mm. Okay. Now, I don't know if you're ready to make any big announcements yet, or not, <laughs> but I literally got an email because I'm all kinds of political email lists and stuff. I literally got an email a few days ago that was like, a fundraising email was like, help us convince Janice Dean to run for governor of New York. And I was like, oh my gosh, JD is running for New York. And she didn't even tell me. Was that for my mom? She didn't invite me to be her lieutenant governor, even though I don't live there. Was that Um, from Stella? It was not from Stella, but it was some political group that's like really launching onto this, like Janice Dean should run for governor. I know you have a lot of people kind of bugging you about that, but there's some people who actually are taking this seriously. Listen, you are a serious, educated woman. You've achieved a lot in your life. And let's look at the last few years. Crazier things have happened. Would you even consider it? Or will you come back on Living the Breams and make an announcement? (laughs) Listen, I've been at Fox now for 17 years. It's the best job, aside from the classic rock DJ days that well, I've I mean, ever those, had. Those are hard. Those are apples and oranges. It's hard to <laughs> Right. I will say I'm very flattered. That's very flattering. If you had told me a year ago, Shannon Green, <laughs> that someone would be saying, oh, Janice Dean for governor, I would have said, how much have you had to drink? <laughs> Are we going to jail? Well, it reminds me of one of our favorite sayings. That's a terrible idea. What time should I be there? Yes, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. What time what should time I be should there? I be there? Mm-hmm. So um, although I'm not going to say completely no, I, I, but I, I don't think that that will ever happen. I will say this. I think the people that get into politics for the right reasons mm-hmm. are the ones that have had something happen to them that makes them want to do something good out of something that right. bad that happened in their circumstances. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, they want change to happen because it affected them. Mm-hmm. Those types of people, I think, are the most effective getting into politics or, or doing something that involves leading. Um, having said that, though, you know that I don't do forecasts past seven days. Right. So I'm going to have to wait on any kind of announcement. I will say that I feel like the power would not go to your head. I feel like you're grounded enough that you're not going to start, you know, asking us to drop rose petals before (laughs) you as you walk along. I don't think any of that stuff would ever happen. I think you'd be one of those few people who would be very um, straight talking and very honest. So whatever you decide to do, we are your biggest number one fans here on Live in the Bream. Again, the book is Make Your Own Sunshine by the one and only Janice Dean. It is out March 2nd. Everybody needs encouragement for yourself. Share this with someone else. I think it will be something that will really lighten people's days and hopefully inspire the rest of us to then go follow those examples and to make sunshine for other people too. You know what, Shannon Brain? You bring sunshine to my life every single day, girlfriend. I try to with my inappropriate texts that we cannot share. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone ever breaks in, listen, if anyone ever breaks into WhatsApp, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I love you, JD. I hope to see you in person soon. Yes. Good luck with the book. 
Okay. That's it for living the bream. Can you top that? I don't know. We're not even going to try. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.